Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, hey, it's a great day in the U.S.A., New hashtag I've just discovered, and it does absolutely fit so good. It's coming from the mind of a friend of mine and someone I really and truly respect his thoughts, thoughts pattern, respect his work, respect the man himself. Captain Black, Nadra Enzi, has been coming on the show now for several years, and uh, he's down there in New Orleans, Louisiana, and he's going to bring us up to date on what's going on with him and what's going on with this virus in New Orleans and all of that. So help me welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show, my good buddy, Captain Black Nadra Enzi. How are you, brother? What's up, my America brother? How are you and the crew? Uh, the crew and me are doing well, and thank you so much for coming on. Nadra, you have coined a phrase called, you've heard of all you've heard of Jim Crow, but have you heard of Germ Crow? Germ Crow, hashtag Germ Crow. Nadra, tell us what that's about. Germ Crow is when elite liberals use a new pandemic, COVID-19, as cover for their old prejudices. And it shouldn't surprise us that we've seen this most notably in communist China, where Africans and American blacks have been told you cannot go to public places, including McDonald's. That's right, folks. Mickey D's germ crow black people and had to issue an apology from his corporate headquarters. They were evicting black people and they were ordering mandatory tests just because you were black. Now, we shouldn't be surprised as communist Chinese have not been known to have any great fondness for black people and we should also be very concerned that they've been making incursions into Africa again not out of love and brotherhood, but out of imperialism. Wow. So, and I tell people, keep stressing to them, they use the new pandemic for old prejudice. And I can even bring it home for you. Let me bring it home for you. Bring it home. <laughs> hey, brother, it happened to me last year. Well, actually, this year, excuse me. Feels like it was last year, but this year. I used to be the head of security for a place I nicknamed Happy Hippie Land. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know Happy Hippie. mm -hmm, (laughs) Run by elite liberal types. (laughs) And, you know, because they they know better than the rest of us. Well, you know, poor black folks like me and you, they know better. But wonderful people who work inside the place and a wonderful community. 
I suffer from hay fever. You know how merciless New Orleans allergy season is. Yeah, man. I had a, I caught one of the worst hay fever attacks since I was a kid. And I actually had to be out for five days. For the first time in almost four years working there, because I don't believe it. I get up, I go to work. People say, why you work so much? I point to the sidewalk and said, I can sleep on any one of those blocks there whenever I don't feel like being productive. Yeah. 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 I come back to work on that day. And first, the secretary, or the person who leaves Happy Hippie Land, and then the man who used to own the building for Happy Hippie Land, both looked at me like I was a ghost because there had been speculation. Again, elite liberals have conversations about us that never include us. And I get a text message telling me that I need to produce a negative COVID-19 test or a medical clearance because I, before I can come back because, quote, people is never, you know, they never give me names. They just say people are concerned. Mm. Hysteria. And I not help but draw the parallel between, again, wow. the American liberals and the Chinese Communist Party behaving the same way in the face of possibly the greatest pandemic of our century. Wow. And you know what's so it's crazy about that, Nadra, is this. What's crazy about that is this. Uh, had they had their test? Because obviously, if you had been infected, they would also be infected as well already. So had they had any test? Of course not. <laughs> Remember now, the Politburo never yeah. has to abide by the rules that they mandate. And not only that, People who worked in the building have been sick. And, and let's just backtrack. As a grassroots security consultant, I spend my time looking at trends. Here's a trend I first noticed. Late January, <clears throat> all throughout February, in Mardi Gras here, people would get sick. They were going to the doctor. They were told it wasn't the flu. They were getting sick again. They were getting sick again. And I'm talking about when I'm saying getting sick, I'm not talking about stuffy nose like I had or sinus infection. I'm talking about able-bodied adults disappearing essentially for a week and a half, two weeks. One lady was sick, I know, for a month and a half. No explanation. The doctors are like, oh, well, you know, it's not the flu. We don't know what to tell you. Wow. Then suddenly find out what it was, <laughs> that COVID-19 have been wreaking havoc through the social and cultural practices unique to this place, as well as many others. And sadly, no one will end up getting the megabits. Wow. So let me ask you this before before you continue sure. with that. Uh, was it then uh, Fat Tuesday that brought in the, uh, the, the, the virus into the New Orleans area, in your opinion, or, or was it there it, before then? What, give us what, what the skinny is on the ground there in New Orleans, because New Orleans at one time was ground zero in the world absolutely. Uh, for mm-hmm. this. So what, what, ha- what, what, are you, what are they telling you happened? I mean, let's draw parallels. When the Chinese communists covered up what was going on in Wuhan, and Chinese New Year, Tet, was going on. Millions of people celebrating, hundreds of thousands getting on airplanes and flying all over the world 
bringing it home to New Orleans, Mardi Gras, people flying, people taking trains, people driving. This virus has been among us for some time period, and it just hit a critical mass. Because again, I'm watching dozens of people, I'm seeing on local social media, I'm hearing anecdotally, all these people are turning up sick and nobody knows why. So yeah, it clearly was here for a while and I agree with the president. We have to blame the Chinese. And I know some people don't want to be, you know, I tell people political correctness is not protectively correct. Now this is where it came from, as I promise you. If it came out of Harlem or if it came out of Shreveport, then it would be called what? The Harlem virus or the Shreveport virus. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, now I want I want to go back to Germ Crow. I want to go back to Germ Crow. All of mm-hmm. you have heard of Jim Crow, and and today we're on with the author and uh, of of uh, hashtag Germ Crow, and he has his own story about this. And uh, I, I want you to clarify uh, for us, and I want I want to really chew this this bone here because uh, it does appear that black people have been affected by this virus and uh, in, in, in more uh, ways than others. Uh, Latinos as well have been affected by mm-hmm. this virus. But I haven't seen the... Have you seen this among the homeless? Are the homeless... Uh, it, it's strange to me that uh, the homeless are not really in mass affected with this. But to be honest with you, the homeless aren't being tested. Wow. The homeless, and I'm not being insensitive, but the homeless are not a group known for having access to ready, readily available health care. Wow. Most of the testing here was you know, voluntary. You know, we still really, I mean, we've got a lot of mobile testing centers that have been set up, but we still really don't have an adequate picture of how many people may have had it how many people have it now because the testing is not widespread. And one of the populations that you would look at, there was just a study done in the Mission District in one of the big cities in California. Mm-hmm. Over 90% of the homeless people who tested positive for COVID-19 were working homeless, i.e. these are people who went to work every day and came back. Wow. You know, and I'm speculating that other people and then we come up with this theory, too. It's possible that being out of doors, possibly isolated for large periods of time, might actually help you not get COVID-19. And obviously, we're not recommending that people become unhoused to remain uninfected. But we're still in very early days about how this virus works. Yeah. And I do believe that how we will get it. Yeah. Go ahead. I do believe we'll get by it. Uh, I do. SARS. Uh, I think it took them six months to actually conquer mm-hmm. SARS and eradicate it. And uh, and this is something uh, this president I think is moving at warp speed. Um, no, Nadra, you and I, for full disclosure for everybody that's listening, Nadra Enzi and I are both uh, black men who uh, have, who are Americans who happen to be black men. And um, our uh, viewpoints are uh, many times uh, very conservative and, and looking at it from a conservative point of view. But, you know, Nadra, before you came on, I had on uh, Dr. Kia Ellis, and she is a temperament um, <clears throat> specialist and uh, behavioral therapist. 
And um, uh, she was saying that this is uh, something that has transcended, though, uh, race, although you do have the Chinese and even those Nazis that it sounds like work, you were working with uh, b- behaving badly. Is this something that we can expect from hu- human beings as we move toward uh, handling other pandemics is the bad treatment of each other? Is that something in our nature? I mean, absolutely. I mean, if an individual is not guided by a Christian framework, a constitutional framework, and for our well-intentioned atheist friends, a humanist framework, where you just look at people as people and take situations on a case-by-case basis, your default setting will be, if I do not like a group, if I do not like a person, and then suddenly I've got this opportunity to mask that dislike behind some sort of global epidemic, well, we already know. Yeah. You know, the line of the lamb have not laid down, so we already know that, yes, bad treatment will ensue. And sadly, we just had a security officer in Flint, Michigan, who asked the young lady to put her mask on because that was a policy at the family dollar he was securing. She went and told her career criminal husband and his career criminal son that she was disrespected. They ran inside the place, started a confrontation, and shot and killed the man. Wow. You know, Jerome Crow has obviously racial prejudicial features, but then it also creates opportunities for the virus of violence that was already in our community to find new avenues. So, yes, bad treatment is going to be a feature of this until we start treating each other as children of God, or at the very least, if you don't believe in one, as human beings, if you wouldn't want to be treated like a leper, don't treat somebody else like a leper. Uh, Nadra, what now are you doing? I mean, did you get back with the, I mean, how did you, did you reconcile with uh, uh, the the folks, or are you doing something else? Talk to us about what's happening. How can we help you? And I've been escorting, I was doing this even when I had that contract, but I've been helping crime victims. Like, uh, unfortunately, a good friend of mine was attacked by one of our politically enabled woman beaters. This dude averages about two or three document attacks on women a month. He gets summons from the police department because the police department is told by the elite liberals who, who run it. I'm not talking about the police superintendent, but the politicians and the policymakers over them that, well, we we don't want to put him in jail because the new excuse is he could get COVID-19. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't care if he got bubonic plague. This dude tried to attack this woman and stomp her dog on the head and cause the dog to get a concussion. Wow. He has... He punched a woman last year in front of Happy Hippie Land where I used to work. He attacked another woman. He spat in another woman's mouth. Why is this person out on the streets? This is what we're seeing, endless levels of excuses. And now COVID-19 is the new excuse because they're purging correctional facilities and putting people back out on the streets with the virus of sexual assault, the virus of armed robbery the virus of burglary in the name of protecting them from the virus of COVID-19. 
Right. This is the insanity that the elite liberal brings. And let me tell you, a lot of the folks I work with in the community around Happy Hippie Land, Bernie Sanders supporters, lean more green than Democrat, but guess what? They don't want to be beaten up in the streets, and they don't want their dogs stopped. Wow. Well, you know, and, and you know, Nadra, even though we, we uh, know that it's a, a global problem, a human problem, mm-hmm. there is a political um, uh, in, infusion into this. And Americans, you cannot, you cannot close your eyes to the political implications of something like this. You know, Nadra, and I want you to stay with me through the break. Uh, and we'll come back with you after the break. Um it's amazing how uh, when we look at um, the, the the Democrats, they seem to be very gleeful that this is mm-hmm. happening. Uh, somehow they feel that this is a, a, a strike against uh, this president. I mean, and it's absolutely ridiculous. I see black Democrats, white Democrats, Bernie Sanders, uh, progressives doing the same thing. They almost seem gleeful over this type of thing. Is that what you're seeing with these uh, happy hippie land type people? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, we see, yeah, we're seeing the same phenomena because again, we're talking about elites. We're not talking about grassroots people who either right now are on furlough, have lost their jobs, have a small business or has no business or a small business or limited business. We're not talking about people who live in the three-dimensional normal world the rest of us do. We're talking about elites. And let's face it, right now the Democrats have as their presidential nominee and Lord love him, it seems that he's suffering from the early stages of dementia. You know, Joe shouldn't be out there. But he is... My greatest concern is who will they pick on the pick of vice president because that's the person who's going to be running the country. <laughs> You're absolutely and, right. You're absolutely right. And obviously, yeah, and obviously COVID-19 gives them tremendous leverage because let, let's be very candid. The economic environment that we find ourselves in now is much closer to the prescriptions of Bernie Sanders than it was January 1st, 2020. You're absolutely right about you that. Know, uh, th- listen. Had to make yeah. investments into the economy. Because I tell people, this is a socialism now, what the Trump administration did. If government tells you you can't go to work, if government tells you to close your business, then government should compensate you for it. Now, I know that there's a point, and I'm warning folks, we're arriving at these points because as these states reopen, that six hundred plus dollars of unemployment you're getting is going to be in jeopardy because when your job calls you, or if a job is offered to you and you don't take it, you Too will bad. be kicked off of unemployment. A lot of these governors, a lot of the backers are like, "Look, we can't have people sitting home making more money than they were in the workplace." Absolutely I'm not, not passing judgment on that. I'm just saying. No, that no, that's that's absolutely not. Nadra, stay right there. Hold with me uh, through the break. Nadra Enzi, Captain Black will be back with me on the C.L. Bryant Show. There's some things we got to investigate, and you want to help us investigate them. I'm C.L. Be right back. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. You're listening to the CL Bryant Show. I am CL Bryant. I want to thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge here daily on the CL Bryant Show. Uh, coast to coast, border to border, over Red State, the largest talk platform in the nation and uh, the most listened to as well. And thank all of you uh, who are in the terrestrial stations who replay us throughout uh, the day. Thank you for being there as well. Special guest uh, this hour, Nadra Enzi, Captain Black down in New Orleans, Louisiana. And he's giving us the real deal, Skinny, on what's happening in New Orleans in every aspect of it. Nadra, um, you know, you were mentioning that... Um, this money that's being spent is exactly what progressive liberals and so forth wanted. And I, I want to continue this conversation with you. We could not, if, if Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders had been president and vice president themselves, we probably would not have been able to spend this kind of money in this short a time uh, at all, man. It is absolutely amazing what has happened to this These economy. These are the ironic circumstances that great challenges create. Because again, if President Trump were this Darwinian conservative, he just would have folded his arms and said, well, hey, that's a tough break you guys got, but, you know, not a federal responsibility if you're falling over in the streets or you need respirators. But guess what? That's not what he did. Whether you like him or not, he took the ball the man with it. And I remind people, as we try to do, you know, a, a forensic autopsy of who knew what, when, where, and how, let's be very honest. You're sitting at your desk, your president of the United States, in those walls. They come to you and say, Mr. President, there is a bug that is among us that will become well-known within a month's time that is so virulent that if we literally do not shut the economy down, we could possibly, this is what the models were saying in that time period, we could possibly lose hundreds of thousands of millions of Americans in a short time period. Now, this was dropped in your lap. You're the president. What do you do? The standing there blinking, the crime is not going to be a sufficient response. And God help us if it had been Joe Biden in the seat when this happened. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Exactly. Or Hillary. Yeah. yeah, he you know, he, he wouldn't have known what to do, so vice president would have been the one. And I'm not being malicious, but the point is the magnitude of this threat. And you know, I'm a science fiction fan, so yeah, I've seen the scenario in novels, 
and in movies and TV shows, but to actually see it played out before my eyes, and I'll be honest with you, for those who are biblically inclined, remember during Easter and Passover for our Jewish brethren, if you didn't look at Exodus, if you didn't look at having blood on your door and the parallels between the biblical epic and what we're going through now, then you were blind. Yeah. This is some serious stuff. And, you know, part of some talking points and being bound by ideology are not enough to address it. The president and the Congress did the right thing. Now, we can debate did they give enough, did they give too little, did they need to give more. But the point is, if there had not been a massive infusion of cash into the economy, where would we be now? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be bad. And I tell you something, Nadra, 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 this is, Nadra Enzi is my guest. Nadra, when I look at how, uh, and I believe it was the divine hand of God that caused our economy to soar to places it had never been before, Mm -hmm. right before this crash, right before this thing happened. I dread to think what, where we would be if we had not have had that type of performance uh, under this mm-hmm. administration in in those in those uh, three and a half years uh, before and, and this. Let me before show you this. how roles change. Just to piggyback on exactly what you said, I've got leftist friends who say, "Wow, the president should have shut the borders down sooner." Now let's fast. Now last year, you would not have found anybody on the left talking about shutting down borders for any purpose. When he, remember when he shut the borders down? Remember when he stopped traveling from China and Europe? Yeah. Remember the howls of outrage? Oh, man, yeah. You don't hear any outrage now. If we could put a blue dome over the United States to keep out potential foreign infection, you wouldn't hear a mumbling word from anybody. No, no, you know what you know what you're right as far as that's concerned because they flip the script so mm-hmm. often, and that and, and Americans, I don't know, and this is this is what frightens me. And you see, you're more in contact with grassroots people at this point in time than I am because mm-hmm. I just hadn't had a chance to get back out there and be with them. But you're more in contact with grassroots people than I am, and this is what I. I'm afraid of is that we become sheepish, Nadra, uh, is that we become so used to being led that we lose our American edge. That's what I uh, and, and we start turning on each other and the house becomes divided against itself. Is Absolutely. that what you're describing when you're talking about this type of uh, reaction from your liberal uh, former liberal colleagues? I mean, some of them. Now, the liberals, in a sense, you know, the leftists, in a sense, clearly understand that we can't afford the luxury of getting into partisan bickering with something of this magnitude. Most of my friends, most of the people in my community right now, they're home. Not by choice. (laughs) You know, their businesses are either closed or operating at a snail's pace. They've been furloughed. Some some percentage, like myself, has even been fired. But the point is, if money isn't coming in from some program, if money isn't coming in from donations, 
then money isn't coming in. Wow. And that brings clarity far more than turning on CNN or MSNBC to get your marketing orders. Absolutely. Not throw Fox News into, but the point is, liberal, moderate, or conservative, most Americans right now are wondering, well, am I going to be able to pay rent? What's going to happen in three months? Will I be able to go back to work? I mean, I'm, I'm a co-coordinator of the State Opening Coalition with a local talk show host, Jeff Carrera. Yeah. And we're trying to promote a safe pathway for reopening segments of the economy. Because the point is, the only reliable program people have is a job. Because I, I hate to tell folks this, Congress can't keep granting trillion dollar stimulus. No, no, can't sustain it. There's no way, no way we can sustain it. get to election time, the more stingy they're going to be with the dollars because this is, you know, this blank check is going to come due. And I'm really curious to see what the tax situation is going to be next year. Right. And and you know what, Nadra? The stimulus check, so now we have to raise it. I mean, again, we don't know. All this is being made up as people going on. Nadra, they're giving us our money. They're they're giving us our own tax dollars back to us. I mean, that's that's all they're doing. It's a that's (laughs) it's almost like a ski a a, a pyramid. I mean, some kind of pyramid. And that's why I don't argue (laughs) the the role of federal stimulus because at the end of the day. It's like you said, not even at the end of the day, at the beginning of the proposition, it's your money. It's my money. Yes, it, it really you is. Pay, it, exactly. You pay taxes. You pay taxes. Why can't you get your taxes back when government is telling you, not you're being lazy, but government is saying you can't go to work. You can't open your business. Okay, fine. The government needs to give you some of your money back so you can maintain yourself and your family. Yeah, that's at what's going on. At least in the interim. Yeah. That's what's going on. And uh, but but we're not we're not. And you know what? The thing is, too, we're not paying for someone's college education, although the, the, the Pelosi and them had their way. Uh, that would be on the, and, and the pork in this type of thing. Uh, but that Trump is really just wanting to help us stay afloat until we can start paddling again. And we got to start paddling again, brother, because if we don't start paddling again. We're going to be lost on this sea. Uh, we're going to be adrift. On this sea. I mean, we're, we're almost like the, the shipwrecked boat in Gilligan's Island. You know, <laughs> you know, the, you know our economy is a museum exhibit. It's a, it's a boat with a hole in it that right now is seaworthy. We've got to get it seaworthy. There's got to be safe, phase opening where possible. And I also concede that in this new economic environment, a percentage of our, of our workers may have to be on some form of subsidy because... Certain industries are not coming back, and there aren't jobs replacing them. Certain business owners have, for all intents and purposes, have to perform the last rights over their businesses because it's, it's done. You know, we don't know what the prospects are for the service industry. We don't know what the projection is for restaurants, music venues. I mean, essentially, live music. Wow. You know, as as you're saying that. Definitely on life support because we have not come up with safe ways, safe and profitable ways to reopen these venues. 
As you're saying that, Nadra, I'm I'm thinking of uh, what's that little club there that uh, we were at that night uh, with with Adam uh, from Freedom, where Stray Cat was a Stray Cats or something like that. It used to be Spotted Cat, yeah. Spotted, Spotted Cat. Cat. It, it, they, they're no longer in that location, but it was uh, Spotted Cat music. I just and, and, it, it, Spotted Cat restaurant, and it had. Music. Uh, music yeah, man. It was a neat little place. Food was good. Absolutely. But I'm thinking about places like that who can't afford to stay, who might not be able to afford to stay open, but, you know, were a, a doggone uh, iconic, iconic type. And and so um, that's, uh, I, I'm, there's a lot of them. There's thousands of them across the country um, that are in that circumstance, that circum- situation. Nadrenzi, tell the folks how to get a hold of you, how to bring you to them if they want to engage with you. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Supply Sharer. That's S-U-P-P-L-Y-S-H-A-R-E-R, Supply Sharer. One of the fastest ways to get to me. You can also find me on Instagram under the same handle. And I have to give a special shout out to the United States Senator John Kennedy. You yeah. might not like what he says, but he says it's straight and no chaser. And he has been <laughs> hands on this particular issue from its inception. Yeah, Michelle, we got to get John back on because uh, when John ran for that office, it was this show who uh, gave him a big platform uh, when we were there locally in Shreveport. And, uh, yeah, John's a great guy, homespun, Huck Finn to the core. And, uh, you know, just just, just love that homespun uh, uh, attitude that he has. Nadra, listen, man, you continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are uh, fighting the good fight. And thank you so much for being on with me. God bless you and God keep you. Thank you. God bless you and God bless America. God bless America. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and that was Captain Black, Nadra Injury. And I got to tell you something. Uh, Nadra is uh, doing the Lord's work. He will always be doing that uh, type of work. Um, and he pointed out both sides of the coin. He said, yeah, there's two sides of this coin. And he's right. There's two sides of that coin. There are people who will use this to exploit prejudices and, and, and the virus will be the excuse for the exploitation of that. Yeah, that's what Nadra said happened to him. They didn't like him to begin with. And so he had a hay fever attack. Okay, he had a hay fever attack. <laughs> and uh, they told him to go get tested for COVID-19 or whatever. They didn't go get tested for COVID-19, but they wanted him to go get tested for COVID-19. He shows back up to work, uh, you know, and you know, things went sideways. It, it, there's all types of new hysterias. I, I fear that we were going to um, find ourselves introduced to in the not too distant future, which, as far as I'm concerned, it's 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 I'm, I'm, I'm it's shameful. I'm I'm really sorry to hear it. I'm really sorry to think that um, that's going to be the case. New types of hysterias popping up. Yeah, the vaccine will make a big difference once it's developed and once it's seaworthy and usable. 
it'll 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 be um you know <laughs> a godsend and i thank god for the minds that um are able to put that together you know for the minds that uh have that knowledge have been blessed with that type of knowledge and know-how as far as that's concerned but still it's sneaky. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know. Um, we don't know. The only thing we can be is vigilant and pray that they hurry up with that vaccine. Folks, in times like these, the house should not be divided against itself, but the house is divided against itself, and it no, it is not Donald Trump. No. He has done everything he could, he can to unite us, but, I mean, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, if you like yourself as President of the United States, if you like your best friend as President of the United States, your mama or your daddy, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your son or daughter, if you would like them to be president of the United States, let's put them in the office and then let's constantly kick their butts. Let's constantly complain about them, even though you're looking in the midst of an economy before this occurred that was booming. But yet everything that happens, let's look at putting them in a situation where, where even though they were qualified and elected to the presidency of the United States, you, 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 you're constantly faced with people trying to get rid of you, people trying to impeach you. And the only thing you are trying to do is get a job done. And you were getting that job done. But yet they can, it's relentless. If you were in that situation, if I were in that situation, hey, it may have already gone postal. So I'm just telling you, it may have already gone postal. So lighten up and stop being so hypocritical because you would not last a minute in the same situation. In fact, I don't know many people, period, who can take the beating that Trump has taken over the last three and a half years from media. And from people who are just absolutely uninformed. Oh, they call us Walmart shoppers. It's people who think they're, uh, who call themselves elites. Uh, they, you know, and they should know everything. They, they're so uninformed, it's pathetic. But anyway, um, but if it was you, you wouldn't last a second. You wouldn't last. You would not have lasted. The, for the, 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 the libs would have been able to do to you what they tried to do to Trump if he was a lesser man. And any other uh, man that comes along, Ted Cruz wouldn't have been able to stand up to that. No, no way. George Bush, not George, but uh, none of the Bushes would have been able to stand up to that type of barrage. Constantly barrage. Clinton, no way. He would not have been able to stand up to the constant barrage, even though he got his share. Barack, if he'd have had the type of barrage on him as uh, Trump has on him, he would have have threw. I know. There's no way. We'll be back. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. There is a double standard, it appears. Talk to you in a minute. You thought I was 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, the great nation of America. Well, it looks like um, little Kim is alive and kicking. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that's when they thought they'd gotten rid of him or the somebody had. And there he shows up again. He's back uh, and he's smiling. Probably not the healthiest guy in the world. I, um, but He's back and um, doing his thing. Um, NBC is getting absolutely soaked with sexual harassment allegations. And, you know, I I raised um, my I, I have three daughters of my own and I've raised uh, two other um Daughters, uh, I consider my main daughter, stepdaughter, and, and granddaughter. I uh, raised them. So there's um, five girls that I have raised in um, my household, and one son, one boy. He's a baby. And, um, you know, I know that um, my daughters knew. And I think they, they might have even been afraid to even tell me. I think they may have may shared with their mother and um, begged her not to tell me if anything happened or anything like that. But, but my daughters knew that if anything untoward were to happen to them, it would be judgment day for the perpetrator and I don't know in, in this society where we live right now I know that there are a lot of women and in fact all most women most women uh, every just about every woman you bump into can tell you some story about um, you know being you know assaulted or molested or leered at or you know whatever as far as that's concerned I, I I thank God that um, for uh, a mother and aunts and girl cousins and, you know, and, and grandmothers and, you know, and so forth who 
uh, were the type of women who uh, earned and made you. You know, you, you they earned your respect. And then uh, you were going to respect them. And they passed that down. And I think somewhere, not really sure where, but somewhere, uh, there's a connection. There's, there's something lost. I don't, I don't know uh, what it is. And we were talking about with um, Dr. Ellison, Dr. Ellis, Dr. Kia Ellis. We were talking about um, self-esteem. And she shed light on something, Dr. Ellis did. Dr. Ellis shed light on self-esteem in a way I had never really looked at it. Now, you may have, but I'm telling you, I mean, maybe I am a Neanderthal if I'd never looked at it like this, and you have. She said that self-esteem is misinterpreted as the way you view you and how you feel about that view of how you view you. She says that's of the misinterpretation of self-esteem. It's not about uh, the way you feel about how you view you. She said self-esteem is how you feel about the way others view you. Because most of us see ourselves through the eyes of how others view us. Yeah, that's where self-esteem comes from. That's where the reaffirmation uh, comes from, if you want to put it another way. We call it self-esteem, but that's where the reaffirmation comes from. Is that we um, want to, yeah, uh, we many times see ourselves through where well, we see ourselves through the prism of how others view us. And therefore that's where our self-esteem is garnered from. If we're true, if we're being honest about it, the relationship, it comes from relationship, you know, and I can see the truth in that because I uh, always felt better about myself when I know, knew that Jane was happy about what, uh, what I was about. You know, and was happy with, you know, the way I uh, brought home the bacon or, you know, uh, spiced up the relationship or whatever. You know, you always felt better about yourself when you the people that you love, the person that you love um, was reflecting to you, you from their perspective. You felt better about yourself. And I, I, I know that that's the way it, it was with her. Um, you know, she loved, um, to be, you know, complimented and uplifted and, uh, and all that. She, like most people, she didn't know how to handle those types of things, but she loved it. Who doesn't? That's the relationship part of it. That's where the self-esteem should come in. Now. I have always thought that it was because it was called self-esteem. It was, it was, it, it, was it, it was totally and solely up to you, and and that it was solely based on that. But in reality, I guess it's not. 
because the relationships that you have do, in fact, shape your view of self. And your perception of how they view you shapes that. Coronavirus, COVID-19, actually takes you and separates you in many ways from the physical uh, need to touch those you love as well. So, as I tweeted out earlier, at Rev, R-E-V, at Rev, C-L Bryant. Follow me on Twitter, at Rev, C-L Bryant. And this is a quote of Thomas Jefferson. What is it that we're going to choose, Americans? Dangerous freedom or peaceful slavery? I think that we should choose what we've always chosen. Now, the people that I come from, they've always chosen dangerous freedom. Yeah, my four parents, they've always chosen dangerous freedom. To dare to be their own men in the midst of, and in times when being black in America, Negro colored inward word in America didn't offer you um, the wide opportunity but it did offer you the opportunity to be your own man on your own land. And that's what they did. They were their own men on their own land. And they were men enough to defend it against those who would want to encroach upon it. In times when uh, you think, uh, hands up, don't shoot, uh, you know, come on. You know, no, there's nowhere near the leering danger that our foreparents lived through in the South. And folks, you're talking to somebody who's drank from um, colored and the white water fountains. You're talking to somebody who's, I've ridden on the back of the bus. I've gotten in on the back of the bus. I've ridden on the back of the bus. All right. I remember very vividly as a as a kid uh, getting up and giving my seat to uh, a white person because that's what you did. And I deal with these people who, who seem like or want to act like they're bitter about this and bitter about that all the time. No, I should be the bitter one. <laughs> I'm not because I understand what it is. I understand what it was. And I, can, I understand this about America. I understand that we're not there now in no way, shape, or form. It's a hoax that's being perpetrated upon people who don't know any better. But I know better. Believe me, I know. But you're hearing it from the horse's mouth who was right there. And so, um, in my hometown, Shreveport, Louisiana, last, last Confederate city to concede defeat 
last Confederate city to concede, to, to concede defeat, Shreveport, Louisiana, my hometown. Born in Confederate Memorial Hospital. You can't tell me, you know, that uh, you're angry about something. You, you, you can't, you can't, you can't pull that off very well with me, unless we can run down some things, some pedigrees in here, you know. And then maybe I can understand if you're angry about something that happened to you. It probably has nothing to do with your past. <clears throat> the same coat token, uh, friends. Um, whatever it is that we are facing and have faced and will face in the future, we shall overcome. There is no doubt about that. We shall overcome. Why? Because we want to. Because we must. And above all, if you are a believer, it's because you have your faith in the dividing, in the divine and guiding hand of God that has blessed this nation from sea to shining sea. We shall overcome. And so all of you out there, uh, I, you know, take heart, buck up. Uh, let's get back uh, doing this carefully, but let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get it done. Let's get back to work. Uh, let's try to grab as much of our old life before this as we had um, before and uh, reinvent ourselves on the other side of this. We can do it. We can do this. Yeah, there's going to be deaths that are going to be spiking. There are going to be things that are going to cause disheartening uh, feelings among the general populace. There's no question about it, but they're going to have to happen. The herd is going to be immune, and uh, we're going to survive or not, and we're going to go on on the other side of this stronger and better. You just make sure you, you be there with us. Oh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to make it on through. I'm trusting the good Lord for that. And in his hands, we placed our trust we place our nation, we place our president, we pray for all of those who are elected to public office and pray for every family under the sound of my voice. I want to thank God for this day, bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to bless or to speak to you again, I pray that God will bless and keep you all. 